0: Hello and welcome to the first official full length episode of Cozy Girls, the podcast. If you don't already know, my name is Amy, and this podcast is for me to talk to my friends and some other really cool women about stuff that they're doing, their personal ventures, their lives, whatever topics. Come up really. So, the first episode seemed only right to bring on my good friend Miranda, who I first met at university. I'm talking to her mostly because she really encouraged me to do this. And if it wasn't for her and a conversation that we had a few weeks ago, you might not even be listening to me babble at you right now. So, I had to give her the debut spot. But I'm also talking to her because she is in the process of starting her own business called Lucayan Oils, which is really exciting. So, we're going to be talking. Talking all about the natural beauty industry, her experiences in setting up her own business, how to balance work and life and another job, and all the things she's learned really and the challenges she's been facing whilst doing that. But we're also going to be talking about an event that we're partnering on that is coming up very soon on Tuesday, the 30th of May which is called the Lukian Natural Network Club. This is something that she felt would be really important and really useful to lots of people, judging from her experiences of starting her own business in the natural product space. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that if that sounds like something you're interested in then we talk about it in much more detail over the next 45 minutes or so but we're also going to be talking about all sorts of other things because Miranda is great she's really cool she's really interesting and I just love picking her brain really so um yeah stay tuned keep listening little disclaimer as i said in my introduction which if you haven't listened to go back and listen to that quickly that's just 5 minutes of me explaining why I'm doing this. But as I said there, I haven't invested in lots of fancy podcasting equipment yet. So I really apologise if the quality of this isn't as good. I recorded a Skype call we had, so it's not 100%, but I'm I'm just trying to keep it real and authentic. So yeah, enjoy. Should we talk about how we know each other? How my mum forced us to be friends?
1: yeah actually oh my god I forgot that that's a good story yeah in my mind it's just like oh we were at uni together we
0: didn't really talk to each other that much for the first two years of uni
1: no it's true not at all not for the first three years because it was only after we came back from our year abroad and I was working in pizza east in east London hold on no no it wasn't it was before that wasn't it no
0: no it was pizza East.
1: east and you went to the toilet I was like serving you two and then you went to the loo and I was talking to your mum.
0: <laughs> no, Miranda, you know why? It was so funny. You weren't serving us, but you were in the vicinity. Yeah. And I said to my mum and Chloe, who I was at dinner with her as well, and I said to them, I was like...
1: "Is Chloe there? Yeah.
0: I was like, I'm 90% sure that that girl goes to my uni, but I am also don't really know her enough that I can be certain that it's her. But she's called Miranda and I think she's called... Cool. Then I went to the toilet, and my mum, being who she is, was immediately like, (laughs) Miranda!
1: God bless joy.
0: (laughs) What a creep. But then we kind of had to be friends, because she made it so weird and awkward. But then I'm also very grateful, because we became good friends in final year. What a waste of two years, three years.
1: It was good, because we had to like band together as a group because like the six seven of us I can't even remember six of us because no one else that we knew was left at uni unless they were like repeating a year or something or decided to stay in Southampton it was good that you know we had some friends to go back to yeah
0: Southampton what a place
1: what a like, we keep saying that we'll go and do like a little Southampton weekend and like Not that you need a weekend to do Southampton.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just one night would be enough. (laughs) Just one night at Oceana. So I guess we should get into why I'm talking to you, which is because you have started your own little business venture, Lukayan. Talk to me about Lukayan and why you've decided to do it, who it's for and all of that good stuff.
1: My business is called Lukayan. I've always really been interested in incense and candles and I've always bought that stuff and like perfume. And often when you buy those sorts of things, you know, you spray it on you and the scent like dissipates so quickly or you buy candles you smell the candle you buy it and then you burn it and it doesn't smell of anything and the same with incense it doesn't smell like what you expect it to I just thought like I want to do something which is more creative it kind of just seemed like a no-brainer to me the idea of making natural oil perfumes was really quite like close to my interests but also made sense in that they're so much better for your skin if they're all natural that is what I'm starting with and then I'm hoping to go and move into other types of products sticking with the idea of it being natural the whole brand is based on my heritage of being from the Caribbean. I like the idea of like really exotic products, really like self-indulgent products. And so that's what I'm um, trying to achieve with Lucayan. The name actually means people of the islands. It was what the native inhabitants of the islands of the Caribbean used to call themselves. I thought that was really cute the name and like the link between the product
0: so when you say natural mm-hmm. what does that actually mean because is anything that isn't natural bad or like I don't know I feel like there's a lot of chat around natural versus mm-hmm. chemical and like yeah. what that means and what it means for our skin and essential oils and all that stuff because I know for me in theory all essential oils and all natural stuff is amazing but my skin mm-hmm. doesn't actually like a lot of essential oils a lot of oil oils can actually be very strong and harsh. In terms of finding that balance and aromatherapy and all of that stuff, how does that come into play? Or how do you formulate the perfect ingredients and keep it all natural and have it all still working amazingly?
1: Essential oils, you're completely right. Some of them are really strong, some of them are weaker, and you have kind of know your body and know what's going to suit you and test things out you know things with chemicals in them can equally give you a bad reaction for me what's important is that when you consider there's about between 11 and 13 percent of people in the uk who are actually allergic to conventional perfumes and these perfumes are based on alcohol all the ingredients can be completely synthetic 100% synthetic so for me having all natural oil perfumes it's like an alternative for those people who can't wear conventional perfumes it's like a nice alternative and it's it's giving people the choice I completely agree not all natural products are necessarily do what they say on the tin but that's why I'm not in like the beauty cosmetics because I don't think that like I'm not a doctor skincare doctor as such When it comes to perfumes, I think that there's definitely space out there to offer people an alternative. You can still have great smelling products which just derive from like natural sources and definitely you can have products which say which claim they're all natural and they're not in fact because as legislation works as it stands at the moment it doesn't have to be 100 derived from natural sources to be labeled natural oh okay and the same thing with i think the same thing with organic but nowadays with the cosmetic industry as a whole there's a lot of brands which are telling you what's in their products and telling you where they're getting their ingredients from. And I think it's nice. Like, it's all about choice, you know? You don't have to stick with what's just out there. There are so many indie brands that are springing up that are giving you other options. I personally have never had bad reactions to natural perfume oils. And when you consider that there are so many people in the world who use natural oils to, like, moisturize on a daily basis, I know that I do. I think this really caters to that market as well. It's part of a lot of people's daily routine and it's not such a a kind of like fad idea. Yeah.
0: Although you are doing this at a time when everyone's putting coconut oil on everything. It's like everyone's healing all of their problems (laughs) with coconut oil. Of course. (laughs) You're just taking that to the next level.
1: Yeah. I feel like people are more open to things now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And I think people do care more about the details of what they're putting on and in their bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously there's a whole kind of eat clean trend and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff yeah I think even beyond that just on a broader picture Mm -hmm. people do care more about skincare and body products and not using sodium lauryl sulfate and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like there's a wider trend of people caring about those things and you're right about the synthetic perfumes thing I'm not going to name and shame brands but some like (laughs) expensive designer perfumes give me a migraine and that's not normal yeah. you shouldn't be dropping 65 pounds on a perfume to have it make you feel sick
1: exactly and also when you think about um just like the alcohol in it when you spray a perfume a lot of cases you spray it on a piece of card if you're testing it out you have to like wave it in the air to get rid of that alcohol smell why do we deal with that like, let's get rid of that why can't we just have like a pure scent which smells buff Do you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) and not have to be like. Let me wait till this alcohol dissipates on my arm before I can actually get the true flavour of it or the scent of it.
0: Are your products actually ready, or is this still a work in progress?
1: So I am very close to launching. It's it's more like tweaking situation. Are
0: you a perfectionist?
1: You don't want to do anything that is going to have your name on it and that is going to be half-assed or can't at least stand up to more established brands you know what I mean
0: yeah I was gonna say is it it's more because it's like your baby and it's also your first thing you're you're doing that you're like yeah. stamping your name on
1: exactly and also I, I wouldn't say that I'm a perfectionist but I would definitely say this about me like I would rather pay more money to get something that I love Than get something cheap that I'm like okay with. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not with everything. (laughs) So this is no different. Do I want to invest more time in something and know that I'm really happy with it and down to how it looks, to how it smells, to like the vibe people get from the brand? Or do I just want to put it out to put it out?
0: Yeah. But all of that stuff takes... Like it takes a kind of natural affinity and talent for like branding and all of that stuff. But it does also take a lot of time and energy to like get it right and also make sure that you're being true to yourself and your vision.
1: Also something that anyone who's ever embarking on anything, you know, whether it's a project or it's like a company, there's always things that crop up that you just never thought they would. And things that set you back. You know, you take like three steps forward and something happens and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to do all of this again. Mm. So I think there's that element of just those guys' schedule. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Life getting in the way. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about was. Obviously, I know you better than these people listening, whoever they may be. (laughs) Well, probably. I don't know. Having known you and known the way you are balancing work and this and having a full-time retail job, plus trying to start up your own little side hustle, your own business, how do you do that? And what was the point where you thought, right, I need to start building the setup where I can go it alone eventually what made you decide to start doing this did it start as just a a hobby or or have you always been very business minded like this is the goal you want to run your own business, work for yourself, all of that stuff?
1: Okay, so, like, the first part of the question is, like, how am I balancing everything? Yes. At the moment, I work – I'm actually working part-time in retail. I was working full-time, and just dropping down to part-time hours was, like, a massive step in itself for me because I've always worked full-time. So that was, like, a big, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, really committing to this side hustle, which is not supposed to be a side hustle. It's supposed to be my main hustle. It is – Tough juggling everything, but then it's kind of like what do you want more? Do you want to get to where you want to get to quicker? or like, I don't know, stay in this limbo in the middle. It's quite difficult to explain. So far, it's okay. I do have to like plan ahead and plan like in a couple of weeks, like when I'm off, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I want to get done. And I, as you know, like when we've been trying to organize things together, it's like, okay, can't do that day, can't do that evening. I can do it in the morning, but <laughs> there is that balance in act and you have to just be organized and just have a diary because I'd worked in retail for so long what I wanted to get into kind of made sense because I felt like I'd had a bit of experience in sales in like back office things managing teams and like knowing about products and how to sell products that is like I'm literally taking my experience and my knowledge from employment into this now
0: do you find it hard to keep yourself motivated when the accountability is all on yourself you don't have the pressure of having to work for someone else or have those repercussions if you don't hit deadlines or don't make targets you're setting all of that for yourself do you find that yeah
1: to be honest no I've always been really quite self-motivated I honestly have this massive fear of failure and so I've always been really self-motivated but one thing I will say is the hardest thing of all is like the emotional up and down of it because literally one day you'll be like yeah, I'm so ready. I'm going to do this. Like you with Cozy Girls, I'm sure you've experienced it as well. Yeah, I want to do a podcast. I want to do X, Y, and Z. These are my ideas, blah, 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 blah. In your head, just spinning, like, I could really make this work. And then literally, like, in the evening, you'll be like, oh, but is it really going to happen? How am I going to make this work? Am I really good enough? Like, how long is this going to take? It could just be easier for me to, like, not do it there's always that it could just be easier to not do something that emotional up and down is far harder to deal with than for me the self-motivation or like the time pressures because it's it's a massive step and especially when you're doing something by yourself and as you said like that whole accountability everything's on you you're not falling back on someone else so it's like I really have to make this happen otherwise it's gonna feel like a waste of time (laughs) it's just not going to work. So I think the emotional ups and downs of starting a business or a project is the hardest part.
0: Starting, for me, has always been the hardest part. Starting and then following through once you started. <laughs> because yeah. I have a really bad habit of being like really enthusiastic about things to begin with. Yeah. And then... I just kind of burn out after a few weeks and it's really hard to like keep up the momentum.
1: Yeah, it is. I think everyone gets that You get so excited. And then if one little thing comes along, you're like, maybe I should just quit this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or you put something off for a day and then it's the next day. And then it's like, oh, next week. And then you just never do it again. (laughs) That's like the story of my life with exercise also, (laughs) as well as lots of other things in life.
1: Well, once you start committing money, to things, yeah, and once you start telling people that you're gonna do something that for me is like I don't want to tell people yet because what if I don't do it
0: (laughs) yeah that's true because then you 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 almost have to like keep up appearances for other people it's like you shame you shame yourself into doing it
1: yeah it's true
0: (laughs) another thing I wanted to ask was now that you're spending so much more of your time working on this and working for yourself how do you
1: switch off oh my god that's such a good question because
0: I've had experience working from home as well and I find it really hard to like establish that routine and like a set day and allow yourself time to relax and not be like sending emails at 11 o'clock at night even the other day you saw me working on our spreadsheet and to-do list at like midnight so if I was doing that every day I'd find it really hard to be really disciplined with myself about working but also about relaxing
1: Mm, that's a really good question I've always been a bit of a night owl though so for me I mean this is like what 10 (laughs) o'clock Yeah, that's true. On a Sunday. I don't want to expose you, Amy, but (laughs) it is 10 o'clock on a Sunday evening. Working late has never been annoying to me. I actually kind of prefer it. Switching off.
0: Are these thoughts about what you have to do and your project always kind of ticking over in your mind anyway? So you may as well just like lean into it.
1: Yeah, I'm at the stage where I don't, I haven't earned the right to not be not working on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not at a stage where I can say I can take a day off and just do nothing at home all day and not, like if I have a day off from work, I can't just say, oh, today it's Sunday, it's my day off. I won't actually work on Kayan or what we're doing or, you know. I haven't earned that right yet. So I kind of have to be all in for the moment. When I switch off is probably when I go to meet up with people. Like if I go to eat with people or for a drink, I don't think about it then. Like it's, (laughs) that would just be much but when I'm at home when I know I have days off I'll write a list like I need to get all all five of these things done and I think I just want to like get there do you know what I mean? I just want to like make it as quick as possible. The longer I long things out, the harder it's going to be. You lose motivation, as you say. Maybe it's a good thing that I don't really take days off.
0: <laughs> You're just in pure hustling <laughs> mode right now.
1: It sounds like it sounds probably like more glamorous than it is. <laughs> Honestly, like I will. I woke up late this morning because I was up late last night. You're literally in your pajamas half, half the time.
0: But this is another thing I struggle with working from home because the temptation is just to do everything from your bed but then your bed stops being the place that you rest and it becomes your workspace you know
1: yeah that's a real thing I swear that's like in psychology that's a real thing where you have to make your bed yeah I remember when oh this is a bit about my life in deeper depths but when (laughs) in my past life I always call it my past life When I was doing my master's, for those of you who don't know, out there in the internet, I started a master's course in interpreting. And it's so cognitive and it's so like intense on your brain. And when I was in my uni dorms, obviously your bed is right opposite your desk. You're in the same room. It's like where you eat, sleep and work. I used to get really tired, obviously. Sleep for hours, wake up in the morning and not feel I'd slept enough.
0: Yeah, you don't feel rested ever.
1: Exactly. I thought that was because it was such like a cognitive subject to be studying. You had to do everything in your mind and nothing like really on paper. And um, when I went to the doctor about just sleeping patterns and stuff, they said you need to have separate places to do separate activities. Otherwise, you're just I'm sleeping in my office and I'm like (laughs) doing work in my bedroom.
0: Yeah, you need to get up and make your bed if you're going to be working. Yeah, definitely. Maybe I'm just not as (laughs) self motivated as you. But if I had to work from home I would find it so hard not to just lounge around in bed and watch Netflix and try to convince myself that I was working but maybe <laughs> that's more of a problem with me than working from home
1: just start with like the easiest things I do like the easiest things to ease me into hard work
0: the little admin jobs
1: because yeah. then you can watch like Judge Rinder during the day <laughs>
0: <laughs> while you're doing the admin
1: multitasking yeah.
0: <laughs> how do you find support when you're working on your own or you're working on your own project where do you find that support network how do you find people who are in the same position as you because at our age yes Mm -hmm. there are quite a few people that are working for themselves or have their own businesses but i would say that like most of my friends and peers and not mm-hmm. in that position. So yeah. if I was in your shoes, I would feel a bit out on a limb, like I was just doing my own thing and I couldn't really relate to other people who are doing their like nine to five office jobs. Yeah. So how do you find those people where you can talk to them about the issues you're having or your day to day and you can relate to them?
1: I know a few people who are actually starting their own business so when I've like needed help on certain things I've kind of reached out to them for the most part I would say maybe like 75% of the time it's more because I need help on business type things like who's your service provider on X, Y and Z but in some cases I do just talk to them about general how's life, what you up to I've never actually had a 9 to 5 Yeah, (laughs) when I look back on my life I I never have What about those 3 weeks you did? recruitment oh, exposing me <laughs> <laughs> it was like less than three weeks it was literally two weeks and a Monday that I, <laughs> <laughs> I, worked, I worked in recruitment and that's probably why I left I mean, I couldn't hack it. No, no. But in all seriousness, it was like an office job. It was like a typical office job. That was the only three weeks out of my entire life. That I, a nine to five, or in that case, like a half past seven to like a six o'clock.
0: <laughs> so maybe you you don't need that routine or structure. You create that for yourself.
1: No, it's not like that at all. It's like incredibly lonely to be doing something by yourself like this. I'm not even going to pretend like oh, it's fine. Like you don't need that sort of network, but. That's kind of why, you know, we've kind of, well, I came to you with the idea of this networking club because for kind of two reasons, I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of startup companies out there that are, let's say they're in like that natural lifestyle space and they're trying to get their products or their services out there and they want to connect with like-minded people or they want some, like, exposure with influencers and bloggers. And now everything is so, like, tech-based. People forget we live in the real world and that there is no better way to meet people and work with people when you know them face-to-face and not over an email or not over, like, A DM, and it's quite hard to get responses from people you've never met over like Twitter and over Instagram, over emails, or that contact us section on their website. You know, it's really hard to get a response from them. The whole networking, natural network club is all about bloggers and brands meeting each other and actually being like, oh, you know, we're all in the same space and that we want to go it alone, but we don't want to feel alone.
0: It's like taking it back old school a little bit because i will never diss meeting people on the internet or getting to know someone on twitter dms because that is how i've met some amazing people but it's true there is nothing like especially if you're having similar experiences there's nothing like just sitting down with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or whatever and commiserating face to face yeah it's just not the same
1: definitely the two ways
0: of communication are valuable for different purposes and different reasons and different types of relationships but Mm -hmm. I think that there's definitely a place for this more physical networking club rather than just connecting on LinkedIn and sending a two-line message
1: yeah because I think people are either like why are you trying to slide in my dms like (laughs) everyone everyone is so suspicious I'm not opposed to meeting people from the online space at all I've done it before, many times, like you've done it and we're still alive. But there are also lots of reasons to be weary of people that you don't know. If
0: your business or your money is on the line, it's a bit different than just kind of meeting some friends from the timeline. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And I think there are lots of businesses, whether they've just launched, they're about to launch, they're a little bit more established. They want to meet people who are interested in their business and who would want to, like, collaborate or just other businesses who aren't necessarily, like, stepping on their toes but are in the same sort of industry just to kind of get some advice on stuff. So
0: why did you bring me in? <laughs>
1: <laughs> why Why me? We are creating this event which is called the Lukayan Natural Network Club I approached you Amy because hey I know you it's always nice to do things with people you know and people you trust and make it things more enjoyable and secondly because like you do PR and this is what you love to do and you're you're so good with the online space and with Twitter and all that stuff and I knew that you had started Cozy Girls Club a little while ago you were in like a little hiatus and you wanted to come back into it and it just made sense it was like why wouldn't you want to work with your friend who's clearly talented at this stuff oh yeah honestly it was like a no-brainer i'm not just saying this because i know you it made sense and that's why i kind of was like when the first time i pitched you and you kind of looked at me with like squinty eyes like what the fuck <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, it will be fine.
0: I'm obviously very enthusiastic and I fully support what you're doing. <laughs> and I am actually, no, why are you laughing? I'm being sincere. Like, I'm, okay. I'm fully enthusiastic and I feel like this is going to be great. But at the same time, I have a nine to six in an office. But yeah. what I do is like PR and social media, well, more social media, like digital PR and social media for brands and clients. So that's what I'm what I do day in day out. And it's interesting, because the reason I got into that job was because I was really into social media on like a personal level. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm doing it day in day out, I just associate it with work. So what I'm doing with you is almost like a second job. It's still work. (laughs) yeah. So as much as I love it, and I am quite good at it, it is still work that doesn't mean that it's not fulfilling or it's not gonna completely be worth it but i think there's also something to be said about working with friends yeah definitely. i don't know it's not always perfect i've had a completely great experience with you but i think you do still need to be careful when you work with friends that you're not i don't know it can be difficult when you're working no, with a friend you're naturally more wary of stepping on any toes or being critical or like i don't know i i feel like you and I communicate very openly and honestly and it's cool Uh but for Uh other people it might not be like that it can be difficult starting something with a friend or bringing a friend into your thing that you've worked really hard on I think that was my main concern this is essentially your thing I don't want to screw anything up or I don't want to not do enough or not pull my weight
1: (laughs) I feel like we've been really honest on this podcast. yeah yeah
0: But, but that's the concern when you're working with a friend it's like Mm -hmm. an extra level of pressure because there's more at stake
1: I think how I approach the event that we're doing is that I don't feel like this is part of my business as such it's really important that you know we both have our separate skills and that we're trying to like use our skills to make this separate entity it makes sense for me to want to like do this natural networking club because of what my business is about and it makes sense for you to do this networking like social media thing because of what your job is about yeah Do you know what i mean my whole approach from the beginning was that it's supposed to be fun you know it's supposed to be like beneficial for us in a good way and i completely agree with everything he said it's like going on holiday with your friend your besties before you go
0: <laughs> and then you live together and actually see how the other person lives
1: <laughs> you're like you were disgusting i never <laughs> want to see you again like heathrow airport
0: I don't know it's a difficult one I think it does actually test what kind of friendship it is yeah you can be great friends in one context but it doesn't mean you can transfer that into like a more working relationship but then some people you actually get closer by working together
1: yeah definitely I actually it's funny you say that because I have I don't think I've really fallen out with any of my friends I don't think so
0: must be nice (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: and I have certain people in my head who I know off the bat I would want to like if I were to do something with someone else I know I know that you know I could work with them so I never thought oh god like working with Amy this is gonna be stress (laughs) because I thought I thought it would work out really well which it has so far hasn't it (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, let's not jinx
1: it. Oh God, I believe in the jinx as well.
0: Okay, before we jinx anything else, maybe we should just talk about this mysterious event we've been alluding to and like break it down. Yeah, when, where, who needs to go, who it's really for, how people can find out more, all of that stuff.
1: Do you want to do this bit?
0: I can. I guess we can both do it.
1: Okay, you start and I'll chime in.
0: Okay, so Lucian Natural Networking Club as Miranda has already mentioned, is going to be a space for like minded people in the natural lifestyle industry. So whether that's startup brands, food, beauty, whatever it may be, or bloggers who are really into natural beauty, or their bougie organic snacks. (laughs) <laughs> or, I don't know, that's it basically, isn't it? It's like business owners, small yeah. brands, bloggers, those yeah. types of people. It's really just creating a little space for people to get to know each other, share their ideas, maybe come up with collaboration opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the first one that's going to be on May 30th. Where is it? Seven at Brixton? Is that what that's it's called? It. Okay, yeah <laughs> good i got it right seven at brixton which is the name of the venue when does it start
1: we've got the space from half seven we'll probably start around eight ish but you know get there and get your drinks in so
0: if you're interested tickets are 15 pounds you can look up the event on facebook and there's an eventbrite link depending on where i host this i mean i'm i haven't really worked out what the logistics are but if there is <laughs> some kind of description box <laughs> the info. Click on in the be description
1: there. bar below, guys.
0: <laughs> Just click in the down bar. It's all there. <laughs> no, there should be some way of me linking this information. But where can people find you or find Lukayan if they mm-hmm. want to find out more? You're on all the socials,
1: aren't you? Yeah. Lukayanoils.co.uk is the website. You can sign up to our mailing list so you'll be informed about this event. My actual official Launch event Ooh. for my brand. I know. I'm surprised at how techie I've become in like the past 12 months. So that's where you can sign up and we'll inform you of what's happening with the event. So it's spelled L U C A Y A N Oils, O I L S dot UK. And then there's a Twitter account, Lucayan Oils. There's an Instagram account, Lukayan Oils. There might be some other stuff. It's not really that important. So. <laughs> So just stick with those three, especially on like the Instagram and the Twitter account, you'll find links to this event as well. Cool.
0: Okay. Well, I just thought of another question as you were saying that. Which is mm-hmm. kind of business related, but also what you were saying about learning techie stuff. <laughs> and you know how I have struggled in the last few weeks with domain names and website hosting and yeah. all of this stuff. How do you learn it? Either someone has to teach you, someone who already knows, or you have to teach yourself. I've watched so many YouTube tutorials and it just made yep. me think in terms of setting up your business, getting this presence, it's obviously a lot of work and you have to be super consistent with what what you're putting out there but Mm. what do you think has been the hardest challenge just in terms of so far setting yourself up and starting to get your name out there?
1: I'm not sure about that but I think everything's been a learning curve like absolutely everything the whole tech side of it i actually went on a an seo slash setting up your website workshop for the day so that was so helpful you can google all the things in the world but if you don't know what to google in the first place and you don't know that you need certain things google's only going to take you so far do you know what i mean yeah that was really helpful for me I just kind of got a better understanding of how websites work and what I was going to need from things like how to make your website secure and how to drive traffic to your website and Google Analytics and AdWords and all that stuff. With that basic knowledge, that I, it wasn't really basic, but with that first stepping stone, testing everything out. And then going on Google when when I either forget how to do things or I need more information. And like YouTube, like everyone does it. Like everyone's looking at YouTube videos of how to set up a camera. It's not that things are difficult most of the time. It's just you don't know where to start, which can be the most difficult things. That's really been it. But I think I, think I mentioned this to you before how important it is. And no one teaches us this stuff. And literally you can do so much more. If you just know how to like work a computer more and better.
0: Yeah, it's true. But even I like in my job I'm allegedly supposed to know (laughs) a lot of this stuff but then when it comes to actually applying it practically or when you're trying to do it for yourself you realise there's just so much out there that you can learn, everyone is doing it now, whether people just have their own little personal website or they're running like a full blown e-commerce situation you're competing with so many people who have been able to set up their own thing from a laptop in their bedroom and it's actually crazy when you think about it Mm. how much is out there at our fingertips but it is really hard to get started or learn those basics and know where to
1: start yeah i would definitely suggest like just going to some class or something nothing expensive there are some free stuff out there just go to one of those the teacher who taught me about stuff is a consultant for like really big brands on how to optimize you know their seo and things like that but then you'll be surprised there are so many people with blogs out there their blogs are doing okay, but they're like massive, but they don't know a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's only the ones that are like massive, that have hundreds of thousands of followers, like consistent followers and things that they know what they're doing because they're doing this full time. And that's how they've managed to get to that level.
0: It is work though. This is why I don't rate anyone who disrespects or slanders big bloggers and youtubers or says that they don't have talent or skill it's because it is hard work you don't become i don't know like zoella i mean she's she's smart she has a lot of people helping her as well and like she's got a whole management team now
1: but she's had to build yeah to that even level. to get
0: to that level it doesn't just happen by chance you do yeah. actually have to be dedicated and put yeah. in the time and work and most people who manage to make blogging or, YouTubing or whatever it may be their full-time job have actually committed years to getting there and even just from my own experience I did YouTube videos I don't know I might do it again I might not but it is a lot of work even just setting up a space to film getting the quality good editing so it's not complete trash like all of that takes hours and hours I watch a lot of YouTube content and I read some blogs and I like follow bloggers on Instagram and all of that stuff and you have to respect them because it is a lot of work even just posting outfit pictures on Instagram several times a a week is a lot when the standards are so high now because there's so many people out there so you have to have professional photographs beautiful Mm -hmm. editing lighting all of this stuff you have to have like a whole setup and that takes what
1: There are two, I don't even know what they're. they're like influencers. I'm not even going to say bloggers because I don't even think their following is from a blog. These two women who, that I, who I follow on Instagram, even when I look at their pictures, they post every day and they've got different outfits every day. And they're like the dopest outfits, the way they set up their Instagram and the whole visuals and everything are just amazing. I think I don't even change that many times in a week.
0: <laughs> but even, <laughs> even having like a beautiful Instagram grid is work. It's so much work. It actually is. My Instagram is terrible because I don't have the commitment to like posting frequently enough, choosing the right pictures, that they look good individually and as a whole. I respect a good Instagram grid.
1: Same. But you know what I am tired of? Sorry, guys. And if you're one of those people...
0: (laughs) Are you talking about like the really (laughs) whited out pictures? Thank
1: you. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like the really white, overexposed images have had their time.
0: And the marble background for everything. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly i love the bright colorful ones all the really dingy semi-gross ones oh you've got those girls who have random tattoos everywhere and a shaved head and then they post 80s memorabilia random stuff on their Like that's what i appreciate
0: this is a specific genre of instagram
1: (laughs) i think it's because i like working lingerie that it's those really seductive dark photos I like and then I like the really glossy look I have a Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> oh
0: classic <laughs> well. the manicure on the Mercedes steering wheel those no ones. not those
1: ones like those people who can afford it so much that they're not pushing it in their face it's like I happen to have just low-key happen to be in Paris eating crepes <laughs>
0: I just realised when you mentioned about working in lingerie, I feel like there's a whole other episode we could do about that and lingerie. The subculture. <laughs>
1: definitely. Yeah, I'd definitely be up for that.
0: Okay. All right. Next episode is going to be all about bras and knickers. Yeah, Cool. <laughs> Very expensive knickers. Cool. See you there. Okay, I have a question before you Mm -hmm. go. As this is the Cozy Girls podcast, before we wrap it up, I need to ask, what does cozy mean to you and how do you stay cozy? How do I stay cozy? What is cozy in your life? What does it look like for you? Okay,
1: cozy. Mm. What does it mean to be a cozy girl? Yeah, what what is being a cozy girl to you? Cozy girl, when I think of cozy girls, I obviously think of you. (laughs) No, honestly, I think of women who are not afraid to be honest. I think that's the massive thing. Honest about their experiences, honest about themselves. Being like content with what you have, but like also knowing that you're, you're pretty much a boss at the same time like you're cozy in your environment and you're honest with yourself I think that's the biggest thing for me I can genuinely have conversations with you and like other girls that I know and we can talk about absolute horrendous things but I don't feel any shame in it (laughs) so being a cozy girl or being cozy in my life is definitely centered around just no shame really yeah and obviously fluffy jumpers
0: oh good I was waiting that was such a deep (laughs) philosophical answer and I was like why isn't she just saying comfy no (laughs) like
1: no but you know what I don't know if it's because of where I work sometimes I think oh my god I can't believe we were actually like on the shop floor talking about this (laughs) disgusting conversations that's what Cozy Girls remind me of, honestly. I'm not even just saying it because it's a deep, meaningful podcast. I think of, like, you and what you're doing and, like, what you're trying to achieve and talking to, like, really interesting women who are just, like, putting their stories out there and they're just like, yeah, this is me and this is what I'm trying to do.
0: Shameless, disgusting stories. <laughs> yeah good
1: yeah (laughs) so yeah cozy girls what made you think of the name
0: i think it's because i was going through well chloe and i were both going through quite big loungewear phases (laughs) that is the simple answer yeah it started in winter so that was part of it like just wanting to literally be cozy i feel like comfort is very underrated (laughs) in everything comfort like you said in just like talking about everything and being comfortable in yourself but also literal comfort right now i'm sitting on my bed skyping you and my bed has that gray jersey bedding that feels like a t-shirt oh my god is that from costco it's not from costco this set is from house of fraser i think but yeah you can you can get it in muji as well Highly recommend Muji for bedding. And I've got a nice candle burning. Oh. Not a cheap candle like you were talking about earlier. Not the ones that where the fragrance doesn't even <laughs> smell like it does when you just sniff the candle. No. Got a nice Diptyque candle. Oh, okay. Wearing ASOS loungewear. This isn't. Oh, a, wow. I'm not getting paid to name these brands. I wish I was being <laughs> sponsored by Diptyque, but sadly not.
1: That is so much of a sexier visual than what I have here. (laughs) I'm like in these grey velvet, I say velvet, but we all know it's velour.
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds very cosy. Yeah, they are, they're
1: trackies. They're um, trackies. (laughs) But then my t-shirt is this tie-dye t-shirt I bought in Jamaica, which I kid you not, and I didn't realise this when I bought it, but it says, Jamaica me crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the perfect cozy girl fit.
1: Okay, thanks. thanks.
0: Yeah, cool. Very on brand. <laughs> You're like the perfect boots. The t-shirt is Lukayan and the trackies yeah. are cozy girls.
1: Oh my god, that is so true. Yes. I'm so uh, sorry
0: we can't be in the same room to do this. I would have loved to have seen that.
1: <laughs> no, it's like it's it's actually disgusting, to be honest. <laughs> but it's funny because I have these um trackies. I have four of the same pair, two are navy. And two are this mink colour.
0: Ooh. Are they juicy couture?
1: They they don't say juicy on the bum. No, they don't. (laughs) But they're from Zara.
0: Good intel. You recommend Zara for the velour tracksuit?
1: I don't think they do them anymore. But when they went into sale, they were like £4 each. Hence why I have four. So thrifty. What else do we need to cover?
0: I think we've covered everything.
1: Um, Oh, what are we trying to achieve long term with this event? I think this is important.
0: First event is 30th of May that's the kind of pilot to see how people respond to it see who comes what <laughs> what kind of demographic <laughs> we attract find out what people want to get out of it that's mm. you have your own idea about what you want this to be but it's really important to have people come and feedback and talk about what they struggle with if they're like starting their own business and they don't really know who to turn to for advice or yeah find out what people want to get out of it really
1: i think that it's really important to keep it quite Casual and to keep it, keep it cozy.
0: (laughs) It (laughs) is going to be cozy.
1: Yeah. Intimate and cozy. Make sure that it's a space where everyone can talk to everyone. You know, we just want to keep the price reasonable and make sure that you go home with like really amazing goodie bags, which I have to say, they're going to be really good. Oh, yeah. They're going to be amazing.
0: We didn't even mention the goodie bags before. We should have led with that, really, shouldn't we? (laughs) That's the incentive. And also, all the great wisdom but also goodie bags.
1: Did we even mention the panel event? No.
0: (laughs) I'm
1: so sorry. We have a panel. The topic of discussion is going to be about natural brands and bloggers and beyond, which kind of means like where we see the natural industry moving towards and what we think about it and stuff. And so we're going to have a panel event, which is going to be a mix of bloggers, writers and brands, like people who have set up their own brands, And then we'll move into networking. General, you know, like smooching and smooching or smoozing, something like that. Smooching,
0: <laughs> I mean, you go, girl, but I don't know whether that's appropriate.
1: That is not on the itinerary, but I'm Schmoozing, not judging. I think that's what you're going for. But then we're going to have goodie bags, which are going to be the items in the bag is going to be provided by our partners, brands who are attending, who want to show their products and samples with everyone else. So they're going to be really good. For from what they've been telling me and what they've been sending me, that is a good reason to come by itself. Just the goodie bags. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've gone to an event for less, to be honest. So it's, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, so like for £15, pounds, it's like a night out. You meet new people, you get food, you get drinks, cocktails provided by Seven at Brixton. Pretty good goodie bags. And they're going to include food so you yes. can take it home and have like, wednesday lunchtime snacks in your lunchbox
0: you've got it all covered (laughs) we've been talking for quite a long time should we wrap this up i think we've covered everything on the list now was there anything we forgot no that's it all right well thank you so much miranda for joining me on this first official cozy girls podcast i feel really weird calling it a podcast because i have very Mm. high podcast standards but (laughs) we tried i think we i think we did okay
1: yeah, I think it was good. It was, No, it was good, definitely. And it was a pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure to be on cozy Girl's first podcast. It was fun, honestly.
0: I'll have to have you back to talk about lingerie life, yeah. as well as Lucayan, of course. Like I said before, if there's some kind of information description box, there will be information <laughs> in there. And you can find Miranda and Lucayan at Lucayan Oils on all the social platforms and mm-hmm. the website. That chat seemed to cut off very abruptly, but it's because I just hit stop on recording and we just carried on talking away. As we said, you can find Miranda at Lucian Oils on most social platforms. The event is on the 30th of May. I will put all of the information in whatever description box we have here. You can find other Cozy Girls episodes in future on SoundCloud, just Cozy Girls. Search for us on iTunes. Hopefully coming soon to other podcast services like Acast and Stitcher if you use those I'm just waiting to be approved (laughs) so hopefully that will happen soon you can find me at Cozy Girls Club, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, email amy at cozygirls.club or contact at cozygirls.club if you have any suggestions for who you'd like me to talk to or any questions or if you'd like to be featured yourself please drop me an email, hopefully the next one of these will be up not too far away in the future so keep your eyes and ears peeled and in the meantime remember to always keep it cosy.